Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to football in general. This is Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, we are officially two weeks out from training camp. You know we're going to start the podcast with a training camp countdown. How are you feeling, man? Oh, man. It's, uh, I'm, I'm getting excited. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's Friday. I'm, I'm exhausted, but I did just pull the yeah. trigger last night on two tickets to the Vikings-Broncos game here in November. Mm. So, so I'm, I'm very excited for the, for the season. The late ticket purchases are in. Um, I think it's what a lot of NFL fans are doing right now, right? Trying to see oh, what yeah. their fall is going to look like. Make sure they get their PTO lined up. You know, taking taking hopefully taking week one off, like the whole week. The whole week. <laughs> I'm not talking about like after week one. Like, okay, oh, that was a rough night, or like shouldn't have drank so much before the ten o'clock game. If you're on the West Coast, like me, um, that Monday off. No, I'm talking about like I would lead up to Sunday, take it off, maybe call out on Monday. <laughs> really, just 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 make it a week about you. You know, all about you, all about you and your love of football. You sick. Harry, fat guy, <laughs> whoever, whoever you are listening to this, I assume you're one of you're probably that, um, and it's a niche sport, and there's really not too many people that follow it. But I assume most <laughs> of them will probably will probably take it off. Uh, you know what else is honestly uh, familiar with this time of the year is potential cuts of veterans and restructurings of contracts. It's no surprise that there was a restructuring um, leading up to training camp, and uh, here we had a guy, a well, by all accounts, uh, an elderly fellow, uh, 26-year-old running back, Joe Mixon from the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, had to restructure his contract today. It was due $12 million. I'm not sure what he got it down to. I don't know if they converted into a bonus. But, uh, I um, think it's down under 10. He's only going to hmm. make like like around nine and a half, I think. Okay. Well, I wonder, did they cut the money? Or they just? I'm sure they just converted it into like a bonus. I, I didn't hear. I didn't. I didn't uh, find that out. I just know that he, he did restructure it, um, and they're they're calling it a move to uh, to get that Super Bowl ring. So, not sure how that gets in the Super Bowl ring. But, yeah, you you know, know, they can that, spend that spend more of that money other places. Um, oh, it's a, Do you think they're it's a sign it's up? a team team move for someone like Joe Mixon to take a little less money so that. Uh, so that they can become more balanced, you know. Because, um, man, there there are times when Joe Mixon looks like he is the the star of the show, um, but he isn't. He's 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 one piece of a real high octane offense, and uh, and they gotta, you know, they gotta improve. They they haven't made it. They didn't make it back to the Super Bowl since they were there two years ago, um, and uh, and you know. That's that's got to be the the reason behind it is to try and fix little things that that are fixable. Um, do you think they're going to bring in Dalvin Cook? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, oh, there you go. How about like Ezekiel Elliott? Given that they don't have Samar JP Ryan in that backfield anymore, you know that could be a good fit. It really depends on. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, whether or not he's willing to accept uh, that he's not an RB1, uh, but could be a real good change of pace RB2, um, he definitely could definitely could fill uh, Samaj P. Ryan's role, if you ask me. So, how about um, well, this this might be more likely considering he was in the AFC North last year. Cream Hunt, 
Kareem, Kareem Hunt, Hunt, man, mm. blast from the past. Right, um, could be coming in. Yeah, Ohio I mean, uh, some of these, some of these uh, running backs that we've seen great things from, you know, they don't want to be a flash in the pan. They got to find a way to keep playing, and uh, that sometimes means being uh, in the backup role. Um, he'd be a very different pace of change of pace back because uh, he's not he's not I don't think of Kareem Hunt as quite the bruiser that uh, P Ryan and Elliot can be uh, he's he's more of a finesse runner uh, from what I've seen so but uh, but still uh, a great fresh pair of legs absolutely uh, then the, what are they gonna do with the money what are they doing with the money well I, I so I, I, I I'm not enough of a Bengals fan. I mean, I, I do enjoy them as far as the AFC goes, but I'm not enough of a fan to know where they really do need it. Maybe they spend it at linebacker or cornerback depth. Um, I'm not sure what their needs are. I, I'm just curious. Like, I mean, of course, I think they restructure because they're going to release. Maybe it's just a, a ploy to like free up some money that so he doesn't have to be released. So, like, hey, we're going to cut you, making too much money. Like, we're not really worth that, and. That just like the philosophy of this organization is not to pay somebody that much. And you're like, no, don't cut me. And they're like, cool. Um, we weren't going to. <laughs> but we just <laughs> right. wanted to save some money. You know? Right. Um, and so, but it looks like, let me see here. Yeah, 27. He's basically retired at this point. I mean, he's close to retirement age. Um, you know, they at least the what I'm reading here is that it's possible that they bring in a, a backup. That's that's the idea. Yeah. So, um, I think like I mean, just given my knowledge of the AFC North, which is extensive, um, <laughs> spent a lot of time in, in the North. You know, um, I would imagine that Cream Hunt would be kind of ideal because he knows he knows Cleveland. He's played in the AFC North. He knows, excuse me, he knows Cincinnati. He's playing the AFC North. He's played for Cleveland. He knows Pittsburgh. He goes Baltimore really well. It's He would be kind of an advantage to some degree having him on, on the roster. But um, did they have to free up $3 million to get him? I don't know. Yeah, I, that seems like a lot. Um, I don't think Kareem Hunt has been uh, big news since he was with the Chiefs. Uh... Or, or... They're bringing in DeAndre Hopkins. There, there Ooh, you have it. Oh, <laughs> in, intriguing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Right? Uh, let me see here. Uh, possibly corner depth. Marcus Peters. Uh, Jadavion Clowney. He's a free agent right now. Wow, it's intriguing, those... man. You don't. You, you do see restructurings around this time, um, but just so they, they can stay on the roster because they're trying to make a 53-man roster. There's a lot of weird cuts and hard decisions that are done here and there. Right. Um, but not the intention to just free up money like this early, you know. So I see what you mean. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, maybe. Maybe they need a backup quarterback. Man, I hope not. Uh, well, so that's I say that the the backup quarterback position is the most important backup position on the team. Um, but. Uh, you know, these, these teams that we consider to be in a championship window, and I do think the Bengals are in a championship window, um, they just, they're, they really are, they're really not 
in that window without their quarterbacks. That goes for Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts. The list goes on. Um, but yeah, yeah, backup backup quarterback might be what they were making space for. Yeah, no question. Well, it's something we'll have to keep an eye on moving forward. It's it's just kind of intriguing. I I wonder what little kind of Ross and, and look, it, it could be an inconsequential move. I mean, it's you know we're talking about two weeks from training camp and them signing a guy for $2 million, probably for the veterans minimum. But, you know, we can't help us speculate here in football in general, okay? <laughs> and, look, <laughs> if you've listened to the podcast before, you know how much I love Scuttlebutt and Aaron Rodgers um, and his life. <laughs> so, well, I'm, you know, it's our job to sort of be uh, critical and just generate intrigue about little things like this, you know? Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe they they free up money so they can get a, a veteran at the you know whoever gets cut and doesn't make the team and they bring them on and all of a sudden that's the the tide that turns the Bengals' fortunes around and they're an AFC Championship winner again. Who knows? Who knows? Right? Um, but you know, Trevor, it got me wondering. You know, I couldn't help but think: Is the era of running backs over in the NFL? And was there ever an era? Let me first start with that uh, before we get to some. Fantasy football talk. Was there an era of running backs recently? And if there was, are have we eclipsed it? What do you think? You know, I think uh, it, 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 there, there's going to always be several ways to look at a question like this. I, I do think that we, you know, not that long ago were in a, a running back era. Um, where you want to say it ended is up for debate, but, you know, the, the days of, uh, DeMarco Murray and Adrian Peterson and Arian Foster and and all these guys that just carry offenses and and couldn't couldn't be stopped in the red zone, you know those those days are gone. Um, you you see these defensive lines that are just brutal that can make goal line stands. Um, not to mention, you know the you got to outscore your opponent to win these days. And it's really hard to do that if you're not throwing the ball. Um, so yeah, it, it, you know, like I said, there's, there's more than one way to look at it. It, it. I'm not trying to say that running backs are gone or that they're not important or that they don't impact the game. Um, it's just, it's just not the same. And and then, of course, the, the geologist in me always wants to take the biggest possible view of a situation and say, you know, there was – it used to be only running the football. The run game used to be the game before the forward pass. And since since adding the forward pass to the game, it's only steadily, uh, sometimes in, in bursts, but it's just become a bigger, bigger, bigger part of the game. And – I think it's safe to say at this point that that it has surpassed the running game undeniably uh in in terms of importance to to winning. So, so yeah, I think uh I think we have seen an end of a running back era. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. Um I mean, look, we we've, we've seen an exodus of sorts of running backs that we all thought were top tier, if you will, in the last uh, couple of years. You mentioned well, uh, did you you mention Zeke? We talked about Zeke Elliott, but how about Leonard Fournette, right? Dalvin mm-hmm. Cook, jeez, um, Louise. I mean, there's probably 
a litany of running backs here. Adrian Peterson, you know, we've, we've seen him leave. Um, I remember Arian Foster for the Houston Texans not too long ago, 10 years ago. Wow. Uh, like uh, ago. Sh- Shady McCoy, right? Shady McCoy, baby. Yeah, dude. I mean, just, you know, deking out defenders left and right, holding the ball with one hand. Ooh, <laughs> that was, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just giving, giving people, like, heart attacks, you know, if you were the, an Eagles fan or a uh, Chiefs fan or Bucks fan. Um, you know, I'm trying to think, you know, CJ Spiller, you know, from Clemson, one of those fast Clemson, you know, all space players. Um, I mean, there's, there's probably, you know, so many, I mean, we could go on and on Shane Vereen, Danny Woodhead from the, from the Patriots. Damian Tomlinson, uh, Damian Tomlinson for sure. Sure. Yeah. Going uh, into the two thousands, Adrian James, right? Yep. Yep. Um, Priest Holmes. Oh, yeah. Larry Johnson, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's definitely, you know, the more we list off these guys, the, the more uh, confident I feel in, in, in my take on it. We, we really, the, the game has changed. These, uh, you know, we've, we've got great running backs in the league now, but they really, uh, they, they, don't, uh, they don't account for as big a piece of the pie as the position used to. Right. Well, think about this too, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley uh, Todd, was Todd Gurley, and, and I'm I'm sure I'm I'm forgetting someone, but for me, uh, Todd Gurley is that first real kind of damning example of what we've been talking about uh, for a couple of years now on this podcast, which is the short shelf life of these guys that lead the league in rushing. Um, Todd Gurley. Thought thought he was gonna. I, I thought he was gonna be the number one overall pick in fantasy for years to come, and uh, it was not to be. Fell off real fast. Um, yeah, he probably had three real good seasons, and uh, we never saw him at that level again. And uh, you know, maybe three years after that, he was out of the league. So it's crazy. Oh, and I'll throw one more at you before we really start analyzing this. Alfred Morris. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> three three straight thousand yard years. Alfred Morris. <laughs> Think about that. For, oh, it's that's, it's, that's it's wild. crazy. Yeah, that's that's just wild. And that's uh, Steve Slayton. Oh my God. Clint Portis. Wow, that one popped in my head just now. Ruben Drones. <laughs> I mean, Clint Portis literally got traded for Champ Bailey. That's <laughs> that's how much of a running back era we we're in. Like you needed Clint Portis. You didn't need Champ Bailey. Uh, what like what universe would that exist in now you know yeah it wouldn't happen Uh, yeah there's no way you would trade like i'm trying to think like sauce gardner for top five running back i don't know nick chubb you know right like josh jacobs wouldn't happen no dude no way you know um i can't you know i i only reason i ask that is because it makes me look i'm a i'm an old football fan one of one of few because it's not a very it's not a fall sport very, very well um and it, it's not that i'm like nostalgic for these big running backs but it was, dude you, you i don't think people understand who didn't watch the nfl in the mid-2000s early 2000s priest holmes was like insane oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> like you know what i mean he had like a body of like a wide receiver like Terrell Owens and just friggin' ran it 
down your throat, you know? And you just jump yeah. over people, and it was crazy, you know? Um, it it kind of makes me sad we're not going to see playmakers like that running back position. But let's be honest, they're not at the running back position anymore. They're at quarterback, you know? They're at right. tight end. So you were, you were correct, right? You said the game has changed. Well, it's changed so much that the athletes that used to play running back don't play running back anymore. They, they're in space. They're like, they just have open space <laughs> and they run RPOs, you know? And so you don't need this big bruising running back because you have all this space. You have good offensive lines. You have schemes. You have a lot of motion. You know, you have pick plays. You have uh, just post routes. I mean, those have always been there, but like the, you know, the over the shoulder post routes, they're playing the sideline more often. Everything is so open that you don't need these big running backs anymore, man. And it's, well, Crazy for me to think think about. I, you, know? you really can't blame the athletes either because every mm-hmm. year we, we see something like, uh, for example, Brees Hall, um, who is off to just, you know, he, he was the front runner for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And then, you know, now we're wondering if he's even going to be able to play this year um, because because it's such a brutal position to play. You know what I mean? So... Uh, if it was me and I could play running back or I could play almost any other position, I'd probably choose the the other position because the the you're just you're really limiting uh you know your potential for longevity in the league when you play that position um but but I also see the you know Everybody who who grew up watching football when we did uh, dreamed about being the guy to carry the pile and break the plane and score the touchdown because uh, it, it's there's a lot of glory in uh, in being the running back that gets it done. Um, but uh, man, it uh, that glory is fleeting, especially these days. Yeah, and it it like you know like you said they run the RPO. Quarterbacks can run the run the balls, goes running backs if not better. Oh yeah, talk about Josh Allen last week, uh, Lamar Jackson, Jalen 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 Hurts when he <laughs> and I I I, you know. I mean the Vikings fan in me can't stand it, but I I am a big OU fan, so I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. When he carried the pile to to extend the ball across the Minnesota goal line, that was is one of the most impressive physical plays I've ever seen in the game. Um, and then he's the quarterback. So, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely – the game's definitely evolving. Yeah. Yeah, no question. Um, it, it's just wild. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just wild to think of. It's happened – what we think – we think it's happened really fast. In reality, it's probably been fairly um, slow in terms of progression. You know, it's probably just happened, like, very slowly to the point where – we're not in that era anymore, but I, I think it's care. I'm curious what you think about us saying that, but yet two running backs won the top 15 this year, you know, well, John and, Robinson and Jamar, Jameer Gibbs. Right. And I, I kind of mentioned this when we, one of the times that we've talked about the value of running backs and how it's changing. Um, you know, the, the concern for uh, these NFL teams should be whether or not they're going to overpay a running back. And I don't think that drafting a running back high is the same thing. 
Now the the thing is like, okay, you drafted him in the first round, maybe the first half of the first round. Like when his rookie contract is up, he's gonna want, you know, a, a contract, a, a second contract reflecting that, and and that's where that's where you'd make the mistake. You can't pay these guys like they're gonna last another four seasons after their first four seasons. Um, so I, I don't think it's a bad move to draft these guys high if if that's what your team needs and, and you see the value in that player. The mistake is giving them hundred million dollar contracts after their rookie contract. So uh, you know, I think the first one might have been Adrian Peterson to get a contract that big as a running back. Uh, but we saw it over and over with I think Todd Gurley got a hundred million. Um I think uh, Ezekiel Elliott got that or close to it, and those were big mistakes. Um, so, see, so yeah, I, I don't think teams should shy away from drafting running backs high. It's, it's the real concern is that that second contract uh, when they've when they've led the league or you know they've had a thousand yards rushing uh, three years in a row. It's like, well, do you really think they're going to do it another three years? It doesn't really happen anymore. So, uh, that's, that's the, uh, that's, that's the real issue is these, uh, these giant contracts after they produce so, so much in their rookie contract. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just curious. It's interesting. Like you said that, oh, you're just a running back away. (laughs) Yeah. You know, from, (laughs) from like contending or getting something done in the league. And so that's why you take B. John Robinson or Jameer Gibbs. But let's be honest, man. I mean, if they're young and they're really explosive, the first three years or four years of their career on a rookie contract like that, that they're going to be pretty damn good. Well, like, and, and they're going to be really productive. And then after that, probably not. <laughs> right. You know? But, uh, but you know, big yeah. picture, like uh, – the Jets, for example, they've got a lot of like really good young talent. Um, some of those guys will go on to get big second contracts. Some of them won't. But they created a situation that was attractive enough to bring Aaron Rodgers in. You know, so maybe maybe you're a running back away from getting the quarterback that you need. Hmm. So, like, maybe you were the future Hall of Fame quarterback away, but it was that running back that, that tipped the scales in your favor to bring in that sort of talent. Um, that, that could be the strategy with drafting someone like Bijan, uh, sorry, Bijan Robinson. So, um, you just, it, it, it's, it's really fun to speculate, and, and it's why we really like watching some of these hard knock shows and stuff like that, is because, uh, you can't help but wonder what the strategy really is. And of course the people at the top making these decisions, the general managers, the coaches, the owners, that stuff, um, they'll do their press releases, but you kind of always wonder like, why, what, what, what are they really thinking? You know, what, what's the real, uh, strategy term here or for this season, um, or to, to get you past the, uh, past championship weekend and into the Super Bowl. So yeah. Uh it, it's it's really interesting stuff. This is uh it's why we love this game. It's it's so complex. 
Uh, it's got more variables than uh, than any other team sport I can think of. So, no question. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. It's 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 uh, it's, it's wild. Well, that was a good point, though. I mean, you're you're running back away from getting the quarterback you want, <laughs> and you can say about any position. You're a wide receiver away from getting the quarterback you want. You're offensive line away, yeah, and so on and so well, forth. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, the Jets. I mean, history leads me to believe that the Jets will do something to screw this up. But man, they're looking like, uh, you know, it, it right now going into this season, it looks like all the moves from the last two, three, four years have been justified because look, look at them now. Um, they, they look like they could make the leap this year into being a real contender in a conference that's full of real contenders. Um, so it's it's exciting stuff, and uh, you know, uh, as as a Vikings fan, I, I'm I'm curious to see how uh, our you know second year uh, general manager and second year head coach what what what's their strategy for the future? I'm interested to find out how do they see a path towards all the pieces falling into place and and going all the way because of course that's what every coach and and front office are are trying to make happen. So. No question. That's uh, that's copycat league. So uh, everybody's trying to do the same thing across the NFL. Win. Why is, they, <laughs> why is everybody copycatting the win idea? Why, why does everybody want to win? Come on. Be you know? original. <laughs> God. You know, it's 2023. Come on. You know, there's plenty of books written about winning. Start losing. <laughs> that's what it's about. How about a tie? It takes guts. It takes... Yeah. Right. Jesus. Um Okay, well, we'll move on from the running backs and go right back into running backs. That's what it's about. 15, Trevor, I count 15 mid-round running backs and receivers you need to keep an eye on. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't set this up very well. My apologies. Trevor, let me ask you a question. All right. Gravy. <laughs> Gravy. Right? Gravy. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> uh, if, you, if, you, if you were sitting in the middle, middle of your – of your, if you're sitting in the mid rounds, right, in your fantasy football draft, and you were wondering, boy, what is something that could just get me over the hump right now? What's something I could get just on my roster that goes really good on, you know, mashed potatoes and turkey and sometimes pot roast? Uh, sometimes it goes well in a jar, you know, and sometimes you can put it in one of those squeezable bottles. And it's kind of fun. But sometimes on, you know, it ends up on chicken yeah. fried steak. That's it, baby. Yeah, and sometimes you put it on French fries, but only if you're in England, right? I think if that's only a Canadian I had, thing. I think that's a Canadian. yeah, yeah, I, right. Uh, maybe it is in Canada. Going that's over the border point. to Canada for some right. uh, French fries and gravy, yeah. sir. Yeah, yeah, they call them chips in England. So, but they do put gravy on in England. But nonetheless, if only I had something that was thick. And could get me through the difficult times. And I'm not talking about anything illegal, right? <laughs> or um, anything, we'll, we'll leave it at that. So, um, I mean, what could you possibly think that could be? Oh, we're talking about the gravy, the drippings. Yeah, baby. Gravy, baby. That's what we're talking about. And I'll tell you what, I'd be lying to you if I said you're not going to build your team in the middle of rounds. That's a, that's a lie. It's just a lie because you're going to get your, your big players in round two, one, one through three, four, what have you. We all know that. 
That's obvious. I mean, you're not going to get Justin Jefferson in the fourth or fifth round unless you're playing Trevor's League with his mom. But, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, there's there's a possibility that that may happen. It's slim to none. However, you're, I'm saying there's a chance. Realistically, there's a better chance of you listening to this podcast and identifying guys that will be available who will give you a flex or a, a wide receiver three, four, who are going to get you some good points from time to time, and guys you can kind of sub in and out as streamers on your own roster and not having to cut them or use them as trade bait to get some guys you actually want. So, with that being said, Trevor, you know I'm going to start off with your boy, the man who's got probably the best beard and nose combo in the NFL, if you ask me, straight up, point blank right now. Um, he is in your backyard as we speak, maybe. If he is, he's not getting paid enough money in Denver. Samaj P. Ryan. Um, and it's weird. We talked about Samaj P. Ryan actually on this podcast for the last couple of weeks. We mentioned his name quite a few times. Um, it's a guy who basically got guaranteed money to be a backup running back, which is sus. That's what the kids say. But I, I think there's reason to believe that he's actually going to play more than Javante Williams at least at first, and he could be a decent like end of the end of the draft, middle of the draft round guy, um, maybe a, a top tier handcuff. So, uh, yeah, I I see where you're going with this. I got to agree. Um, you know, the the verdict is still out on uh, on Williams. Um, so, uh, P Ryan P Ryan could be in line for RB one volume right out the gates this year. Um, and he could he could get you off to a good good start, and uh, you probably you could probably get Smaj P Ryan down in like the fifth or sixth round. Um, oh, I would think oh, I think lower than that. Lower than that. So yeah, RB thirty five right now. So there you like go, eight or nine. Yeah, um, he uh, he definitely could get big numbers, and uh, you know the way the way things go in this league. Uh, especially for a team like the Broncos that are trying anything to uh, to right the ship right now, you you don't you don't turn away from the hot hand. Um, he could uh, carve himself out some some serious fantasy value early in the season, and it could lead to more than you expect down the stretch as well. Because, um, like I say, uh, uh, Javante Williams is coming back from from major uh, injury and. Uh, and we just don't know what he's what he's going to look like yet. So, um, and you know, these putting these deadlines on recovery, um, it's a, it's a tricky thing. We could probably do an entire podcast about the pros and cons of of putting expectations on a on a player's road to recovery and and when they should be ready. Um, but the truth is, you you don't know. Um, we we don't know when Jadavian's going to be ready, and we don't know if he's going to be the, the same Jadavian he was before the injury. So, uh, big qu- I mean, a ton of potential. We, we know that he can really run well or that he, he did before the injury. So, so he's, he's got obvious value. But, but until we see it, uh, Samaje Pirine is uh, it's got real potential too. So we'll see how that, uh, how that coin falls. Ah, it falls. Yes, yes, the coin. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, I think it's a, it's a, I don't know where that was, that was about. I think it's a, uh, 
It, it, he's like he's worth the value. Um, yeah, Javante Williams coming off major knee surgery. I don't believe he'll be ready immediately, and no running back is after major knee surgery. Um, and there's especially their second year, I, third year in the NFL. I think guys technically a second, you know, given the, the injury kind of put him back. So I like his value, man. And I'll be honest with you, this player was off my radar, and I didn't even realize he was still on the Cardinals. But uh, RB twenty five. Probably round seven or eight, um, James Conner, and I tell you why. Kyler Murray, um, most likely. I mean, he might start the season, but regardless, he's his running uh, ability will be hampered given his ACL tear. I think in a PPR league, Conner's definitely going to have a lot of value. He's a bell cow. You get twenty touches a game, um, round seven or eight. He catches a lot of balls out of that backfield. RB2, a little, little flex here. Um, 21 points a game at, at certain points last year. Like, I don't know where James Conner's at, maybe physically, as far as, like, can he be an RB1? But I I don't know. I mean, you know, he never finished outside the top 15 last year. Any week. And he's going to go in round eight. <laughs> that's crazy and he's yeah. yeah he's like a flex I, I yeah it's it's crazy to me that RB2 is going to go that late but here we are so James Conner what's your what's your take on a uh, homeboy no I I think that's uh I think uh you hit the nail on the head there with uh him having even more value with uh with how uh you know Kyler Murray is not going to be 100 percent to start the to start the season, um, and that's that's a whole other issue because if he can't get back to his former uh, speed, it, it, it's kind of the only way he survives as such a short quarterback is that he's really quick. Um, but yeah, early in the season, uh, I think you're going to see a lot of handoffs and a lot of dump offs uh, to Connor and. Uh, and it it feels like an offense that's that's bled a lot of talent in the last couple of seasons. So uh, Connor's, uh, you know, his touches, his his share of the the offensive pie uh, should only go up uh, until they until somebody else steps up. So uh, I like it. Uh, if, yeah, if you can get somebody like Connor as low as seven or eight, um, yeah, that's. That's real value. No question. Yeah. Um, speaking of value, and you hit the nail on the head with who's not going to be in Arizona. Well, who's not going to be in Washington this year is J.D. McKissick. Uh, Brian Robinson played last year. He split some downs with our boy here, who I'm talking about, Antonio Gibson. Um, but without J.D. McKissick, this uh, he's, he's a PPR star. And he's RB31. Um, once again, round eight or nine, maybe later, because people think, well, it's the Washington offense. Uh, they're going to have a rookie or Sam Howell starting a quarterback, maybe just a variety of people in and out. Well, what does that mean? It means that there's going to be a lot of dump offs. There's going to be a lot of catches. And if you're looking at Antonio Gibson, I mean, he's been a PPR dream the last like two or three years. I think it's possible he could be an RB one. I don't really know, but at this point, you know, he expect heavy volume. 
He got 18 touches a game from week six onward last year. Averaged about 10 fantasy points per game, which isn't much, but yeah, it's a decent flex and maybe get some touchdowns in there given the fact that J.D. McKissick's not going to be on the field. RB31, decent amount of um, production possible, and guy that just catches the ball in the backfield, but they're probably the best third-down running back in the NFL right now, Antonio Gibson, next to Alvin Kamara, probably. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, you know, yeah. And, you know, Austin Eckler. <laughs> but right up right. there. So. Well, uh, yeah. So this is actually, I know it hasn't been talked about, but uh, if you ask me, the Washington Red, or sorry, the uh, Washington Commanders almost slipped up mm-hmm. there. Um, they, uh, to me, and I, 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 don't, I haven't seen this anywhere. To me, it just feels like this would actually be a good fit for someone like Dalvin Cook, um, if, if he's willing to take the money that they could offer him. Um, because yeah, the this this is another team that I think has pretty good balance recently. But I feel like the offense kind of fell flat at the end last season. Um, as long as Antonio Gibson is the number one running back there, then uh, yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna get a lot of volume, and he's probably gonna get uh, even more value in PPR leagues. Um, but if uh, if I'm, is it Ron Rivera, coaching? Yeah. Yeah, if I'm Ron Rivera, I'm uh, I'm shouting at the front office to get me uh, Dalvin Cook or to at least make him an offer because uh, I think he would fit into that offense uh, really well. So, yeah, no question. Um, I agree. <laughs> I think he'd be a good fit, but when I'm if that's the case, if he does go to Washington, then great. But if not, Antonio Gibson kind of like holds still yeah. for me. So, uh, big Antonio Gibson guy. Uh, Marquise Brown, man, going to the receivers for a second here. I, I'm not sure where Hollywood's at. I don't know what happened. Well, I do know what happened last year. The Cardinals were a freaking train wreck. You know, they were just coached like crap, and Kyler Murray didn't care. But then he got hurt, and I think everybody was sort of like going through the motions on that team last year. Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, we would call him. He's going to be wide receiver one. Yes, he's going to get targeted as that. I think he's ready to step up to the plate. No DeAndre Hopkins. Hopefully Colt McCoy doesn't play. I think I think he's retired for the love of God. Oh, you know, man. Colt McCoy. And, yeah. How, how how old is Colt McCoy? I um, I think he's done. Yeah. Yeah, he's. But, I want to say he's older than Aaron Rodgers, isn't he? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, Colt I, Colt McCoy's been doing it a long time. Hats so, off bro. to him. Hats yeah, off to right. him. I, I hated him in college because he was really good and he didn't play didn't play for my team. Um, but uh, yeah, they. I think it's time to upgrade the backup there. Um, it was it was fun seeing him come in uh, here and there the last couple of seasons in Arizona. Um, but uh, yeah, time for old Colt to hang up his spurs. Um, but uh, no, Marquise Brown, uh, man. Uh, you know, watching him in college, uh, he was one of the most electrifying college wide receivers I've ever watched, and uh, and we've seen flashes of that in the NFL, but uh, so far it's I'm comfortable saying he he really hasn't 
met my expectations of him in in the NFL. And uh, and with no more DeAndre Hopkins, um, he really does have an opportunity. But as it always is with wide receivers, that's that's one half the equation. It's also who's throwing the ball. Um, and yeah, it gets even more complicated from there. You know, who's calling the plays, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, but yeah, the, the potential is definitely still there. Um, you know, he's healthy and man, he's a, he's a burner. He can, I, I think he's capable of making, you know, catches like Justin Jefferson and Stefan Diggs. Um, I think he's capable of Jamar Chase's production. Um, but that's, that's just my opinion. We haven't seen that yet. Um, so yeah, the, the, the upside in my opinion is definitely there. Uh, the potential is there. So, uh, yeah, if, if you're looking to round out your wide receiver core and you can get him in the later rounds, I'd snatch him up. Yeah, no question. Um, I, I just think it's kind of good timing and maybe another year with Kyler Murray, just despite him being hurt. Uh, I think, with a lot better chemistry with him, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And his upside is pretty, pretty high. So oh. I, 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 I'd look at him and yeah, you know, like if it burns you, it burns you. I think that's kind of the point with like some of these players. You're going to have your boom or bust potential regardless. I, I like to think that it's like worth a, a gamble for Hollywood Brown. So um, yeah, let's go to another guy in the NFC West. <laughs> Uh, I laugh when I say his name because I feel like we've been waiting for this one to break out for a while, and it's just a guy that has a ton of potential, and I think we all see his athleticism and how good he can be. Um, it's Brandon Ayuk. And I don't know where Debo Samuel was last season, but we saw Brandon Ayuk really step up. I think there's some questions about, obviously, the quarterback room, but if the quarterback room's good... Trey Lance plays well, or Brock Purdy comes back. I don't even know what's going on with either of those guys. Nobody talks oh, about that, by the way. Yeah. We have no idea what's going on with either of those guys, injury-wise. You know, um, Regardless, I'm all in on Brent Ayuk, man. And he's a wide receiver, too. He's ranked, I think, outside the top 30 for a guy that caught 1,000 yards last year and eight t- touchdowns with that quarterback situation. I, I don't really know how they do the rankings. If they just throw darts at the board. If there's right, some bias right. involved, because uh, well, and that's this is a guy that's really that could really do some things for you. I completely so. agree. He's extremely athletic, um, like most of their skill players are, um, and uh, you know that that offense often seems to be quarterback proof. Doesn't really matter who's back there, um, or at least that that's the way it feels at times. It doesn't matter who the San Francisco. 49ers have at quarterback um they're gonna run the ball well they're gonna play good defense uh they're gonna they're gonna throw you know short quick passes to really quick physical guys in space and uh and yeah the the you know wide receiver one wide receiver two that's rb3 and rb4 um so uh yeah the, i think uh brandon Ayuk with with the year he had last year, it would be it'd be a head scratcher if he didn't have as big a role, if not bigger role, in the def- in the offense this year. Um, so yeah, I, I like the value there. Um, and you bring up a, a real interesting point. It it's not talked about. What's going on with the uh, 
with San Francisco's quarterback situation because I, I you, you started throwing out those names and it's like I don't even know who the expected QB one is. Um, are they, are they, but yeah, we we haven't even heard discussion of a quarterback competition. You usually hear you know, they they if there's any little bit of a quarterback competition, it's usually covered uh, annoyingly thoroughly. So. Yeah, that's a head scratcher right there. Is what uh, you know? Who's going to be the starting quarterback, and and how are they going to how are they going to do? It's bizarre. <laughs> um, I mean, that's yeah, all we I'm, can hear I'm about very, last I'm very year. And I don't... on Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I think he's a great prospect. But like, just going taking a step outside the fancy box for a second, and look, this has implications because of. The quarterback situation in San Francisco, or Brandon Ayuk, or Dan, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, right? Right. Do, do we do we know like who's going to play? Uh, they haven't. I mean, literally, there's there's no news on like is Trey Lance like is, is his foot good? Is Brock Purdy's elbow okay? We have no idea. Like, yeah, that's that's nuts. <laughs> It's kind of bizarre. Right? It's rare that you see something like that for a team that went to the NFC Championship game last year and was right. probably a quarterback injury away from being competitive. You know, um, there's there's no indication that either of those guys are ready. <laughs> it was, we don't we don't know. It's it's weird, man. It's one of the weirder situations. I don't even know. Like we didn't even talk about it because nobody's talking about it. Like we don't even know. So, and we know everything, but regardless, uh, sir, Deontay Johnson. Wow. Okay. If you want to talk about shade here, so this drives me crazy, right? And we, it, it's the Brandon Ayuk type situation. I love Deontay Johnson. He's a great receiver. He's got good hands. I, I feel for him that he plays with Kenny Pickett. I'm sure he's going to be better this year. We talked about Kenny Pickett in one of our last shows. Um, year two jump for quarterbacks, by the way, happens a lot. And they get a oh, good yeah. offensive coordinator, and they get consistent sort of coaching. And if you're around a guy like Mike Tomlin, you'll probably be better in your second year. Well, Deontay Johnson um, is ranked 35th in wide receivers. <laughs> we went over a list two two weeks ago about who was in front of him, um, and I can't remember the player who it was off the top of my head. And he was in front of Drake London, too. And I wish I could say I knew who that was. Oh, boy. Well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, Deontay Johnson, right? right. Fifth in total targets last year. Uh, yeah. Fifth in total targets last three years. Seventh in receptions. Uh, ninth in target share. I think that's the amount of passes that comes his way as opposed to uh, in total, right? The amount of targets for the whole team. Ninth in the NFL. Ranked in... Top 35 receivers, we're expecting a better year out of Kenny Pickett. Deontay Johnson from Pittsburgh, going to be available in round eight or nine, which is insane. <laughs> and we're expecting a better year from George Pickens. I think they drafted another wide receiver somewhere in the second or third round this year or fourth round, and they're just really good at finding talent. So, And, and Pat Fryermuth's got another year in that offense. Look, man, Deontay Johnson's going to get some one-on-one. Ooh, that's uh, a good point. It, it's not a great look. It's it's not a great division for corners. Denzel Ward, Chidobi Wuzier is okay, but Baltimore doesn't have a number one corner. Marlon Humphrey, but he you know he's not. I don't think he plays on the outside. So we're going to see Deontay Johnson 
catch some balls this year. <laughs> That's what's going to happen, you know? And I don't, he's fast enough to take it to the distance. I think he kind of returns the form a little bit here. And if you got him in round eight or nine, Ooh, yeah. then, huh. yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like that a lot because um, you're right. And uh, it's it's kind of that time again that the next Steelers superstar wide receiver emerges because uh, – because they always are. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think, uh, man, uh, do, do you know who they drafted at, at wide receiver? Because, um, like, like you said, it, yeah, because, uh, you know, when you, when you have a situation where you can't cover everybody, sometimes the number two guy really does emerge. Uh, so I'd, I'd keep an eye on them both. I... I do not. They got. They took Joey Porter Jr. No, they didn't take. They took Darnell Washington, tight end from Georgia. That like massive kid. Everybody oh, loves. Oh yeah. Championship game. Um, that's intriguing. I don't. I think he'll block more than he probably. Why? You never know. You never know. He, so, he could turn into a real red zone option. Yeah. Yes, he could. So that's. I mean, that could. I mean, could take touchdowns away from Dante Johnson. Of course, that's. Um, not the idea here, but not what I'm going for, but you know, it's, uh, interesting, <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting cause it's, it's just, it's just going to be a lot of guys at Pittsburgh, you know, they ended the year pretty well last year. What they went eight, nine or nine, and eight, I think nine and eight. Um, yeah, man, I think DeAndre Johnson's in for a year here. So I, I don't know how he's ranked outside the top 30, but here we are, you know, he's going to be playing the slot. So, 5'10", 183. Yeah, I'm into it. Deontay Johnson. Outside of the top 30, sir. So, um, that's uh, that's our mid-round, guys. I don't have – I only have one I want to throw out Trevor here for running back insurance. I think it's kind of interesting. We talk about Antonio Gibson, Smajay Pirine. Um, we talk about Tyler Algier one week. Um, this is a guy I think is kind of interesting. It's a, it's in your division, senor, and a guy that went from one team to another in the division. Look, David Montgomery is in Detroit, <laughs> and he catches he catches some passes. Uh, he's going to be in the Jamal Williams role, or he's going to be taking a lot of red zone carries and for touchdowns potentially. What do you think of him as like an insurance running back, or like a handcuff? For Jameer Gibbs. Well, I I think that's, I think that's the best view of him because uh, again, yeah, uh, he's he's no spring chicken when it comes to this position. He's in what his fifth, sixth year, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I don't expect him to be like, you know, oh, I got the number one. You know, nobody saw him leading the league in rushing, but he did. That's that's not going to be the case. Um, but yeah, he is going to be in that uh, Jamal Williams role. Um, so I think uh, I think he's got a real solid floor. Um, he's going to get double-digit touches every week. Um, whether or not that translates to big yards and touchdowns every week, uh, well, as a Vikings fan, I'm hoping not. Uh, but. Uh, but yeah, it's the the potential's definitely there. I, I kinda love that you saved this one. 
uh, for the end here because, man, he uh, he's a solid running back, and, and he's now on what I hate to admit is probably my favorite to win the division. Uh, I do think Detroit was the best team in our division at the end of the season last year. Uh, I think that uh, Dan Campbell has uh, really got them on track as a team. And uh, the competition in the NFC North is, it might be more, I can't remember a time when it was this even because I can't remember a time when Detroit wasn't terrible. Um, But yeah, the NFC North is really, really, it might be the most neck and neck, excuse me, neck and neck division in the league right now. In terms of, you know, the the Packers, I think are are in a you know post Aaron Rodgers decline. Uh, I think the Vikings' uh, record was a lot better than who they were last season, and I think you'll see them return to a middle of the pack type of record this year. Um, the Bears get better every season right now. Justin Fields makes a leap forward every year right now. Um, but I think uh, I think the Lions are the scariest team in the division, and and Montgomery's going to be a big part of a really uh, it's it's a really successful offensive uh, scheme they have going right now. So uh, yeah, I like that pick a lot. Yeah, yeah. I ju- I, I mean, it, it it could be a guy that is, he might go undrafted. You know, I think that's right. I don't know, <laughs> possible but probable. Um, and, like, if you take Jamar Gibbs, I assume you're taking him the first couple rounds. He's not a bad flyer to take, um, if anything, because he gets red zone touches or he's just on the field a lot. Look, this was, other than Chicago, he was, um, Detroit was, what, the the number one rushing team in the NFL, in the Chicago, you know? Right. So, uh, so number two. I <laughs> Number one can be number can be two number ones unless they tie I guess so whatever but nonetheless uh, they run the ball a lot and they get a good offensive line Dave Montgomery knows that division well and it wouldn't surprise me man if he has he's a decent year and you pick him up for some flyers here and there and some flexes and he ends up kind of ben- you, you benefit from it and I think that's why he's kind of like my number one hand- handcuff going into this draft so. Honestly, I don't know if he gets the Jamal Williams treatment. Very few people do, <laughs> by the way. 17 touchdowns, like 15 of them on the goal line. I, I, I don't know how many people get that kind of treatment, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so, but if he does, uh, then you're, you're kind of lucking out. And you might not have to use a draft pick on him. So uh, that's kind of a late-round flyer for me. Um, but, yeah, that's our... And before we get off the air here, I want maybe just like a minute on this, but I'm curious. Um, there was a, well, there was the, the ESPYs were two nights ago, or was it last night? I think it might have been last night. Um, and the Kansas City Chiefs were named the best team in all sports, right? Team of the year, if you will. And there was a lot of discussion, I heard about this this morning, that the Kansas City Chiefs could be the first team to three-peat Three-peat. Whoa. Yeah. That means they have to win this year and the year after. I mean, do you, I, was, I was about what to do you say they haven't. They, they've yeah. only got the one right now. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> three-peat. I think uh, 
I mean, it, it, don't get me wrong. It'd be really cool. Um, you know, it'd be this unique accomplishment. <clears throat> but, um, and, and, you know, the, the Chiefs were not my pick to go to the Super Bowl last year. Um, that being said, I, I, I loved watching them in the Super Bowl. I think this is a, a really fun time. Uh, to be uh, an observer of the of the entire league as a fan because uh, it, it's hard to envision a scenario right now where we don't get a really good Super Bowl every year because and in the AFC in particular, there's there's not one clear cut like uh, you know the the Bills are going to go back to the Super Bowl you know um, like like it was in the early nineties. Um, so like what I'm trying to say is the competition is so tight right now, uh, especially in the AFC that, uh, to, to predict that, that the chiefs will even be in the next two Super Bowls, let alone win the next two Super Bowls. Um, you know, if, if, if we had a chiefs Eagles rematch next year, my money's on the Eagles. Um, and that, that's no slight against the Chiefs or Mahomes or Andy Reid. It's just the nature of the game, man. It is a really difficult sport to dominate that completely, um, especially with, you know, the, the Bengals and, uh, you know, the, the Bills, all these, you know, the, the Jaguars are coming for you. The, the Ravens are trying to get back to where they were a couple of years ago. Um, it's it's so tough right now, um, and they 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 you know their division didn't look like the toughest division in football last year, um, but that may have just been some growing pains. You know the Broncos could be really great this year, uh, the 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 Chargers could go to the Super Bowl. They won't be the favorite, but nobody would be surprised. Um, so there's just there's two. It's it's a fun speculation, but I I can't uh, I can't say that it's you know a, a solid prediction. I, I I I wouldn't put my money on the Chiefs winning the next two Super Bowls. They're gonna be Super Bowl caliber. They're gonna be a Super Bowl caliber team for the next two years, or and then some. But uh, but the the league is too good overall right now. I think to to predict that they will win three in a row yeah yeah too early to tell (laughs) i would probably suffice to say so um and i feel like if they win one this year i have a sneaky suspicion that travis kelsey would probably retire so i did uh yeah sorry just a little more on the espies uh i love justin jefferson got play of the year for that insane catch in buffalo against double coverage um, to keep the game alive. One of the best games I watched last year. It was amazing. Um, and then, um, gosh, what was the, uh, the, the Buffalo Bill player who collapsed in the middle of the game? Yeah, DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, yeah DeMar Hamlin giving out the uh, Pat Tillman Award to the uh, Buffalo Bills uh, training staff. That was really a cool moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, truly really special. Um and I think we all sort of for now we did. I don't think any of us forgot. I mean, it's hard to forget that image, but um, you know, you, you just kind of like we just kind of moved on, right? <laughs> you know, it's, right. 
I think for the sake of the season and because, you know, nobody likes to feel uncomfortable. Well, um, that's, especially when that's it comes to sports. Yeah, that's so. what's fun with, with having these awards this time of year. Um, it really does, uh, you know, prompt you to reflect on all those things that just happened last year that were so big. Uh, but we've been in the off season for so long now, it's, it's not on our on not on our minds anymore. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a fun time. Yeah, and <clears throat> I guess in this sense, you know, it's it's amazing we can we can celebrate the 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 um, prowess and the response and just the overall just uh, incredible nature of saving what was you know I mean what what it was last you know. Just oh, saving yeah. this man's life, and so that's it's cool that we can have that time. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, and instead of you know go back and experience what we experienced again, we can instead just sort of celebrate the the achievement of saving this man's life, and um, you know just move forward. Uh, I think that's what's most important. And yeah, hey, you're right. That was a special moment. It was really cool. So uh, and training staffs, man, they're probably. <laughs> the most underrated parts of any team, professional. Oh yeah, basketball. It, it's not football, often whatever. you get to see those guys up on stage. Um, so it was a really cool moment. Yeah. Well, no, sir. We've had some cool moments here today, and if I'll tell you what, friends out there, if you're listening, which you have to be. I mean, why else would you <laughs> on this podcast if you weren't listening? Unless you weren't, because you got it on a lit on a loop on a Bluetooth speaker. Possibly at a friend's house, at a barbecue, who might listen to this often, right? <laughs> you have it at his house. And you just so happen to slip your own Bluetooth speaker onto a uh, table, if you will, uh, or a grill, uh, poolside, you know, uh, possibly on a, on a uh, you know, let's call it a uh, dining room table with, with shot glasses uh, or cans <laughs> of beer, right? Or you just happen to just put it in the, uh, put it in the guest bathroom. You know, everybody's using it. You just slip it in there. You know, it's a little kind of ambiance for people who are coming in and out of the bathroom. It's uh, look, it's a, it's a, it's a hell of a vibe. Ninety-two episodes, folks. You can go on a loop. Ninety-two hours of content. That's like four days, probably not, but it's close to it. Um, that, <laughs> that's what matters. So uh, that I was close, um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, if you give us a like, a subscribe, a review, it's uh, always uh, helpful to kind of continue to. Get the word of the podcast out. We are two weeks out, man, from training camp. We've made it. The dark, the dark ages are over. There's no more, no more people trying to kill each other <laughs> over, you know, <laughs> NFL highlights. You know, there's there's no more sitting through the NFL Network and watching, you know, week one and week two of the 1993 season, of just <laughs> you know, hoping that you can find a shootout and something entertaining. No, there's nothing more of that, man. We're gonna have some live football here soon, and I'm not talking. I, you know, look, I know it's not the XFL, USFL, but um, which was entertaining. It's nothing like the NFL. It's a whole other level, different commitment, different investment, a lot more emotion. Trust me, I'm looking forward to shedding some of that, that emotion here in the upcoming months and possibly ruining the whole week for me and my family because it all depends upon one team's outcome in a game that's very arbitrary and in a niche sport that nobody watches. So, um, <laughs> Trevor, got anything to say to the folks? Uh, only, you know, I've already mentioned, uh, my plans to attend a, a Broncos home game this season when, when my team comes to town and, and, uh, 
I kind of can't get it off my brain right now. I just just bought the tickets last night, and I'm I'm so excited uh, for this season. And uh, you know, November nineteenth is a long way away, but uh, but the start of the season is right around the corner now. Yep, it is there. It is. It is. It is. And um, football Christmas, as we know it, is coming back. Santa will hopefully be able to fit through this chimney. It's summer. He should be sweating a lot. You know, he should be kind of skinny at this point. So, anyway, if it's Roger Goodell coming down that that uh, that chimney, man, boy, oh boy, Ooh, better have that luck. fire heated up. Yeah, it's where you just gotta sacrifice. You know, staying hot for a bit if you see him coming. So, nonetheless, until next week, we'll continue our fantasy football discussion. We'll give you all the facts, all the gravy, man, all them drippings, and all the uh, cornstarch to whip it up with. Until then, we're out.